0: And it's A Leg Up with Dr. Randall Julep from the La Bella Vita Laser and Vein Center, the podcast about how you can keep your legs healthy and strong so you can put your dancing shoes on. I'm Spud McConnell here with you and Dr. Randall Julep, so let's get right to it. Okay, we're back again. It's been a exciting two weeks while Dr. Julep is over in Hawaii treating all of his patients over there in the land of grass skirts and coconuts. How you been, Randy? <laughs>
1: I'm doing good, Spud. Yeah, things things are going well. I'm
0: things glad to hear well. that. Things are okay over here. We miss you. Let us know when you're going to come back to South Louisiana, because I know there's a lot of people over here who want to stop by your Mandeville office and get checked out. Randall Jula, for those of you who don't know, or are just tuning in uh, with La Bella Vita Vein and, and Laser Center, is uh, is an expert uh, in uh, venous insufficiency and uh, vein issues, starting out as a thoracic. Not as a surgery yeah, well, you were a heart surgeon, and uh, you now do this
1: yeah yeah my my original training was in uh, vascular and cardiac surgery um and I did that for a good number of years um, but about ten years ago, I guess I uh, kind of decided to segue into uh, strictly treating veins and venous insufficiency mm-hmm. and um,
0: it's been a it's been a very rewarding the journey for sure well i know some people in the medical profession who have spent several years in uh, situations where you know unfortunately uh their patients die and uh it it kind of it kind of gets to them and after after so long uh they move to just as important but less situations where you lose patients and i'm not going to ask you if that were the case because i know your reputation uh, as, as a vascular surgeon was very very good but you know this this what you do now i mean you have while you can die from venous insufficiency if you leave it untreated chances are one visit to your office is probably improve your your chances of survival from a whole bunch of things tremendously am i incorrect in saying that
1: uh, yeah, no, you are correct. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, some of the reasons why I made the change was because, uh, the world of, of vein care, you know, modern vein care had changed so much just in recent years, just over the last, you know, 20 to 25 years. Um, it, it there have been devices and from a technological standpoint, It's uh, the treatment has really been revolutionized and it has made the treatment so much better, so much easier for Mm -hmm. patients. Um, You know, we used to take people to the hospital and they they were admitted and they, you know, the procedures were done under general anesthesia, etc. They were in the hospital several days and, and that has been you know tr- transported completely to in-office setting and very minimally invasive kind of procedures um and, and yeah i mean to to say the you know i i I have to say that, yes, I've got much less stress in my life now as opposed to before when I was doing open heart surgery and that kind of thing. Um, And uh, so that that has been, you know, uh, that has been an improvement in just my quality of life. But I got to tell you, the I have never uh, in all my years of uh, treating other types of problems, I never had the general good, um, you know, patient satisfaction just across the board that I have seen uh, until I got into the vein world. I mean, you know, people people really do have uh, symptoms and suffer substantially from this thing that we call venous insufficiency. And I think for many, many years, um, you know, the medical community in general uh, sort of minimized uh you know venous insufficiency and in the treatment thereof and kind of uh you know kind of sloughed off uh you know complaints mm-hmm. by their patients related to that. And in part of it was the fact that uh you know the the treatment in many cases often wasn't very appealing. Um but uh you know now that it is much more appealing, much more palatable to patients to be treated Um, You know, we we can just we see the improvement in in just the 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 improvement in their in the patient's quality of life. Um, And I've never had as many happy patients as I have now, uh, since I'm treating it, you know, exclusively. People with venous insufficiency because uh, we, we really do impact, not you know symptoms and quality of life, and, and, it, and it's rewarding for me, you know, to be able to do
0: that. Well, you got to be happy in your work. I mean, you know, like I said, if you go home feeling much better about yourself and what you've actually accomplished, uh, then that just makes you a better doctor, which makes for better patients because they have, you know, when I go see a doctor uh which i i try desperately not to do because i'm like most men that i know who just don't like going to the uh, doctor yeah. and, i don't know maybe sure. it's because once you hit the age of 30 they feel they have to put on that rubber glove and look for their car keys somewhere but uh <laughs> take off that dive watch for crying out loud um, but uh, and, and i'll tell you something else i was thinking about it while you were, while you were talking there it's like you know so many different things that can be wrong with you or so many different things like you said when uh, doctors kind of blew off venous insufficiency Uh, the number one killer of women that i'm aware of is heart attacks and i know a lot of time women have the symptoms of a heart attack but they they just go well you're not a man you know men men get heart attacks women don't get heart attacks and so i mean i mean i I don't want to sit here and and make it sound like that i'm I'm shaking my finger at the medical profession but you know it, it it seems like you're you're a specialist in this field, and you're very good at, at what you do, and you were very good at what you did before. But it would seem to me that your regular country doctor, like a master, a jack-of-all-trades master, a nun type of deal, would be able to recognize a lot of things and send you to these specific things so that more people would realize that there is such a thing as Venus insufficiency. Like I said before, I never even heard that term until I met you through the radio so yeah and I've learned so much just in our in my visits to you and in my in my conversations with you in this podcast and 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 I've learned so much that I now look at myself I relook at my diabetes you know just just the enough the information that I have to be dangerous is already improving my health
1: yeah yeah well um uh, yeah awareness is a huge thing for sure um and part of the, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, the you know, family, country doc or, you know, mm-hmm. family physicians, um, you know, so much of the stuff that we do is relatively new, um, you know, so if you went to, if you went to medical school and had your, you know, primary medical training before, let's say, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. You were as a as a primary you know care doctor as a family physician. Um, you were not in any way, shape, or form even exposed to you know the kind of stuff that is available right now for venous insufficiency. Nor were you probably even taught you know what venous insufficiency was all about. Um, you know, which kind of goes back to you know, how the medical community kind of ignored vein disease for a long time. Um, But, you know, with respect to circulation, I mean, it was all about the arterial side of it, you know, like you mentioned, you know, heart attacks and uh, strokes and aneurysms and all that sort of stuff. So I think that your, uh, your general, of uh, family physician has a much better grasp uh, and understanding of arterial disease than they do of venous disease. Um, so, so that's part of it too. They just, they weren't, uh, they weren't taught, you know, they mm-hmm. weren't exposed to the information, which is another reason why, you know, I spent a fair amount of time just going around and in, in talking to doctors you know um and uh, letting them know what we do and you know the patients that we should be seeing and you know if your patients have these uh, you know this set of problems then you know send them our way and we can probably help you uh, you know treat that patient um so and, and invariably uh you know no matter how sophisticated uh, those physicians are, you know, when we stop in and talk to them, there's always something that they kind of learn, you know, as mm-hmm. far as what we're doing. And um, so in in the long run, uh, we hope that it kind of, you know, filters down and gets to their patients and their patients are able to get to us. You know,
0: well, you know, I'm sitting there thinking about uh, like the couple of times I've had surgeries. Um, I, I mean, I had a lot of my appendix blew up and, you know, I had whatever but i had a couple of meniscus surgeries on my knee which uh you know my doctor tells me i hold, i need another knee but i'm going well uh you know i'll i'll drive out to yeah. new orleans east to one of the junkyards and see if i can find one for free but uh, <laughs> yeah. but um when i you know they put like we talked about before about uh, the, the 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 compression socks or those big inflatable things that they put on your legs to make sure that you don't get end up with deep vein thrombosis which is something else i want to discuss um why isn't now because of so many things that you're learning and 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 are are sharing your information with other doctors why is there not somebody with one of your ultrasound machines in a recovery room checking out somebody's legs to see what their venous thing is is like what condition they're in and might that might be able to determine whether or not they need one of these big compression leg things or they need to put more compression in it, or something like that i mean you know, I know of your clinic. You've got five clinics in Hawaii. you got a couple here in the state, and you're tied up with somebody in Destin. I mean, how many – there's no venous insufficiency guy at a hospital that I'm aware of. So, I mean, how many guys like you are there?
1: Well, you know, most of the um, – uh, most of the – most of modern vein care that happens these days uh, happens totally as an outpatient. So um, do we – you know uh, – I, I don't really even go to the hospital anymore. Uh, you know, after I stopped doing surgery, uh, in the hospital, I, you know, I kind of made my exit and that was it. So we don't really have that kind of opportunity to, you know, be in a hospital, you know, with an ultrasound machine and just kind of screen people, mm-hmm. you know, that that, that, that people would probably frown on that. But, um, no,
0: what I'm saying is, like, how come there isn't, like, okay, when I went to your office, you didn't actually do the study on me. You had somebody who was trained, a, 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 a tech, who was trained yeah. with the ultrasound to do it. And uh, he called you into the room because he couldn't believe that I didn't have the worst case of venous insufficiency you would ever seen because my legs <laughs> are so splotchy and ugly, you know. But, uh, yeah. I mean, there's... With all the stuff that you know now and all the things that have been discovered, why isn't there at least one tech or two techs in a hospital that could make that kind of determination, especially after major surgery on a patient?
1: Well, um, yeah, I don't know. That probably is not the best um, venue for that. Now, uh, you know, do we – I, I tr- we try to go to, you know – situations where there might be a, a, a large number of people and uh you know for instance health fairs i mean we we try to go to uh, as many health fairs as we can now obviously over the last year and a half that hasn't yeah, been happening yeah. but um uh, you know whenever whenever we hear of a community gathering that may be somehow connected with uh, you know, medical issues or whatever. So, you know, we'll, we'll try to show up and, you know, often we'll have a, you know, a table or a booth or whatever. And invariably, if we are doing that, uh, we will have our, uh, one of our techs go, uh, with a, one of our portable ult- ultrasound machines and in screen people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that, you know, we, we, we pick up, we identify, people with uh with vein disease all the time in those kind of settings you know periodically we'll go to health clubs and uh and do the same thing just kind of be there and be available to do uh ultra screening ultrasounds for people who want it done you know um so th- those are the things those are the kinds of things that we do um, and, uh, you know, not only do I go out and try to meet doctors, but I do, uh, you know, community talks, you know, if there's a, you know, a club kind of thing somewhere, um, or, you know, a retirement group or whatever, you know, wherever two or three people are standing around doing nothing, I'll come, you know, come and talk to them, yeah. um, But, uh, you know, that that's the I guess those are the main ways that we try to get information out and doing doing this kind of stuff, you know, doing the podcast and uh, radio uh, interviews and and that sort of thing. Because, yeah, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that is not known about venous disease, not only amongst lay people, but also primary care physicians. And we just try to get out and educate people.
0: Well, let's let's do a little educating here on this podcast. When the last time we spoke. We talked about, um, you know, what to look for. What kind of symptoms are there? They're not always av- uh, obvious. Uh, we did speak about genetics. So if, if you've got both parents who have some some issues with vein disease, then there's a good 90% chance you're gonna have it. But you can still get this. And if you do have, if you are genetically predisposed to do it, you can find this out pretty early in somebody's life. You know, you can you can discover. The beginnings of it when they're in their twenties, which are ultrasound machine. Um, but what let's what else should we be looking for? You you talked about uh, before of uh, being uh, swelling in your legs. I mean, everybody else would be thinking varicose veins and spider veins, but you can have the best, healthiest looking pair of legs, and yeah. you can still have venous insufficiency. So, what are people? What do they need to be aware of? You know, when if when they hear the word venous insufficiency, they need to go. Well, what if I got that? Uh.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah. We we started last time. We started to talk about yeah those those other symptoms, and um, I think we mentioned uh, achiness, heaviness, and fatigue. Uh, those are the three most uh, specific com or uh, s- specific symptoms mm-hmm. related to venous insufficiency, and by that I mean if you have that then uh, it's it's probably very likely that you do have venous insufficiency and if we treat it those types of symptoms are treated very very well uh, you know, people, uh, people feel like their legs get tired quicker than they used to. Um, you know, people feel like their legs are heavy. And, and that's, uh, that's one of the things that we very, very commonly hear after people come back and they're after they've been treated, and they've recovered, and they, they say, Oh, gee, my, my legs just, they feel so light now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so and that kind of goes to that you know fatigue heaviness uh you know kind of thing that goes on uh when uh, your veins aren't working right
0: and that would be Uh, what young people should be thinking about
1: yeah before they have
0: i don't have varicose veins i don't have spider veins i don't have lesions or not necessarily much swelling or anything like that but just the fact that they're achy their legs get fatigued pretty easily that's the kind of things they should be looking for
1: Exactly. Exactly. What about older um,
0: people? What should they be looking for?
1: But, well, same thing. Um, but uh, I think probably as the years go by, and as the, the longer that uh, chronic venous insufficiency is is happening, uh, then the next stage is swelling. And uh, you know, they, there's a, there's a class of, there's a you know clinical classification of uh, symptoms for venous insufficiency early on it's achy heavy fatigue and maybe some superficial uh, evidence like spider veins and varicose veins the next level up is swelling so in by next level up we mean uh, venous insufficiency probably a little longer lasting probably a little more severe Um, but uh, you know if um, you know, you're working all day long, especially if you're somebody who works on their feet and they notice that, gee, by the end of the day, you know, their ankles and their feet are swollen or, you know, if they've got socks on, they take their socks off and they see that, you know, uh, impression from, you oh. know, where the, where the sock was. Or if you're, um, you're,
0: you're wearing your favorite pair of shoes and at the end of the day, they're like super tight.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, it, or the other thing is, you know, we hear this all the time. See, I was on a plane ride, uh, took my shoes off and it was a long plane ride. And by the time I got to where I was going, I couldn't get my shoes back on. So, you know, we hear that story a lot, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, so swe- so swelling, you know, the, the single most common cause for swelling, uh, you know, across the board is venous insufficiency. Now, there are other things that can cause swelling, uh, you know, for instance, people with heart disease or, you know, other medical issues, you know, there's there's plenty of those kind of things. But, um, you know, as far as the, the, the single entity that uh, causes swelling, venous insufficiency is way up there. Um, so then the the next set of symptoms... As it gets worse, uh we start to see skin problems. But before we get there uh in this we see especially in a little older age group is uh muscle cramping, you know Charlie horses you know the, when you yeah. when you wake up early in the morning and you got this terrible cramp in your leg um you know well, what I that. Found it.
0: I found if I wake up, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and roll over and stretch, you know, like stretch, that, and that's yeah. boom. That's when the Charlie horse will hit me. And, exactly. And, you know, it's like so. Just going out and eating a couple of bananas is not going to fix it. It's
1: it may not, yeah. If eating if eating a couple of bananas doesn't fix it, then there's probably something more going on. Yeah. Yes, okay. uh, but yeah, that is exactly Spud, What we hear all the time is, "Gee, I woke up and I, you know, was stretched my legs and boom, you know, that cramp." And and, um, and that, uh, you know, especially affects adversely, you know, older people. You know, once you get into your, you know, seventies and in eighties. If you have a muscle cramp in the middle of the night, you know, it, it's it's a little bit harder for, you know, a mid eighty year old person to jump out of bed and maybe walk around a little bit, stretch the muscle and yeah. get that cramp out. You know, uh it's a lot more difficult for that person to to just physically do that sort of thing than it is when you're 30 or whatever. So uh, we, see, we, we see a lot of, uh, of more of the older age group patients that, you know, cramping can be their primary uh, symptom and, uh, in, you know, fixing their veins. I mean, they're just overjoyed because, you know, the, the cramping was interfering with their sleep and it was it happened, happening on a nightly basis and it really impacts their quality of life.
0: What is exactly what what is a cramp? I mean, why why does your muscle get knotted up? Is it is it a blood thing and a nerve thing, or is it just the blood thing? Or, you know, what what how how does fix? I know it's a symptom. How does fixing the veins make the cramping go away?
1: Yeah, I think the cramping is is primarily due to the fact that the uh, the muscle becomes congested with blood because you know they, the the venous return. Of blood out of the leg back up to the heart is so inefficient um so you know we with venous insufficiency the blood sort of pools down into the lower leg and um and that uh it it, and it takes it's kind of i often the analogy i often use is it's kind of like a dam Um, you know, you put a dam on a river and you develop this huge reservoir, you know, and, uh, and that's what's happening in our legs. You know, the, the venous system, um, can, can hold a lot of blood, you know, Mm -hmm. as the blood settles down into the lower leg, it's, there's tremendous amount of tremendous volume of blood that can just kind of settle there and, and, and sit there for a while, you know, Yeah. Uh, And that's why people pass out when they're, you know, standing up at a, you know, graduation or, you know, some kind of ceremony. Uh, You know, every now and then you see somebody, you know, uh, topple over because they've passed out. Yeah, yeah, what's happened is that their blood, much of their blood volume, because they're standing again in one place, not moving around, you know, not, you know, those muscles are not uh, contracting, which facilitates blood return. You know, the blood is kind of settling down into their legs and then at some point, they're, you know, it, it affects their blood pressure and boom, they pass out. Um, but uh, so I, that, that's, I think that's probably the, uh, you know, physiology behind it. Um, but, uh, you know, but cramping, you know, hardly anybody knows that cramping can be a symptom of you know vein disease Um, and uh, invariably if people come in to the office and they say gee I you know I have a terrible problem with cramping and uh, you know invariably they tell us that oh yeah we heard about that on your you know radio uh, commercial or your podcast or you know one of your whatever uh, marketing kind of things uh, because they had no idea So, you know, cramping is a big, big symptom, and, again, it affects older people a little more in a much more dramatic way.
0: I keep thinking about all the saints' practices when they're out there in the heat especially, and so many of them. And it's get cramps, and they got to bring them in and feed them intravenous fluids because I guess they're not drinking enough. But also, it seems to me like it's it's almost the same ones over and over again. Like there's some of them who are more susceptible to the cramping, and I'm wondering if they wouldn't benefit for you – Kind of show up one day with your machine and have a look. See,
1: yeah. Well, uh, actually, that's a that's a pretty good point. Yeah, um, I mean, dehydration does cause cramping for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, if it's happening repeatedly and more so in a, in one individual than another, they they may very well have a component of venous insufficiency for sure. Um, the other thing, uh, another symptom is. Uh, something that we call restless leg syndrome, and uh, a lot of people haven't heard of that, uh, or a lot, or people may have heard about it but don't really understand
0: it. But, I don't understand it, but it sounds like a good joke. It's like a Robert Klein joke, you know. I can't stop my leg. I can't. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, restless leg syndrome. It sounds to me like you're just sitting there and all of a sudden your knees start shaking, you know, or something like well,
1: that. Well not, not, not necessarily like that, that's sort of nervous leg syndrome, but, you know, a restless leg has to do with the fact that, you know, some people, when they're, when they're just sitting around, they're sort of unconsciously moving their legs or, or, you know, like, uh, flexing their foot up and down or, uh, just kind of, you know, moving mm-hmm. their legs in one way or another. And they do that for the for, you know because their muscles are contracting and that helps uh the blood return uh, up their leg you know, it it facilitates venous blood flow hmm. so they have venous insufficiency blood starts to pool in the lower leg and the, the leg gets uncomfortable and then they sort of again unconsciously start to move their leg to facilitate that blood my,
0: flow by my, muscle my, contraction. my wife my wife uh, will all of a sudden just start tapping her foot and not not even hardly realize that she's doing it. And she has complained of what she jokingly calls fat foot. It's not every day, but every now and again, she's got her shoes, she takes them off, and they're like you said, you can see the imprint of her socks or her sandals or something like that. And then yeah. at, at night, you know, we'll be watching TV or something, and you know, we're going, Ma, cut it out, you know? And my kids are yelling yeah. because they can't hear the show because she's tapping her foot. So I guess yeah. we're going to have to come see you when we well, come back.
1: Well, well maybe. Yeah, I mean that that what you're describing could very well be a symptom. Yeah. Um, you know, a classic restless leg has to ha, is described more when people first go to bed. So, you know, when they go to bed, um, again, they, they they, they become, you know, their body becomes still and they, they start to recognize that their legs are uncomfortable or achy, whatever, from being up all day long. Mm -hmm. And that's when the, the legs become restless and, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, they're doing that again to to kind of relieve the achiness and to, to, to an extreme, restless leg can actually be something that wakes people up multiple times throughout the night. Um, so that is as bad as cramping because, uh, you know, it's, it's interfering with your sleep pattern and, hmm. uh, really, you know, it, it starts to impact quality of life
0: and need um, a couple of bananas. Ain't going to fix that. Not even close. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. <laughs> We're coming to the end of another episode here of a leg up with Dr. Randall Jewell. uh, you know what? I still got a stack of notes here, questions I got to ask you, but we still got a lot of podcasts to do. So uh, enjoy uh, Hawaii, and I guess we'll uh, talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Doc, thanks for taking the time.
1: Sounds good, Spud. Thank you.
0: Dr. Randall Jula from Bella Vita Vein and Laser Center. Go to LaBellaVitaVein.com to find out more and to make your appointment. If you think you have some of these symptoms, believe me, it's very easy, and it makes a whole lot of difference in your life. Talk to y'all next time. Thanks for joining us here. Make sure you tune in next time for more information about how you can keep your legs happy and healthy. Here on A Leg Up with Dr. Randall Juliff from La Bella Vita Laser and Vein Center. See you next time.